Hi, and welcome back. Um, hopefully today's episode won't feel too disjointed. It's actually a really funny story, which I talk about on the episode of what happened with this recording and how it ended up getting confused and mostly me getting confused, which is like, you know, no shocker. I always say, look, if I can do this, guys, then anybody, if I can do this, anybody can do it. Someone with ADHD and who's all over the place can can run a successful business. You can too. Um, so anyway, today my episode is with the very brilliant Dr. Stephanie Wigner. She goes by Dr. Steph. She has multiple clinics in the New Jersey area. Her husband's also a chiropractor too, but she's actually scaled, let's see, yeah, scaled two of her clinics to over a million in revenue in less than seven years. She really embodies the spirit of a multi-passionate entrepreneur, investor, and mentor. Um, she has a two-year-old, and she really just has this really cool, refreshing philosophy on having it all that don't before you roll your eyes, like just listen to what she has to say. We talk a lot about manifesting and like that type of woo-woo stuff, but we also talk like brass tacks, more like um, tactical, <laughs> tactical stuff in this episode. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. And I'm super excited to announce that I'm actually going to be one of the vendors for her scale up event in Nashville in April. So this event aims to bring together highly motivated entrepreneurs and ultra successful practitioners so that we can network and collaborate and of course have fun while doing it. So like I said, I'll be there. I'll have a booth. And if you use the code Molly at checkout, then you get to save $50 it's at this really cool, cute boutique hotel in Nashville, April 19th and 20th, the Thompson Hotel. And there's some amazing guest speakers as well. And I really think you would like learn a ton by coming to this. And selfishly, I just want to meet you in real life. I want to meet you in person. So come to the event and come say hi at my spot. So yeah, I'd love to see you there. So we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes to learn more about this scale up event in Nashville being hosted by Dr. Steph. And again, use the code Molly for $50 off. I will be there. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Steph. Welcome to Holistic Marketing Simplified, a podcast for health and wellness professionals looking to simplify their marketing. I'm your host, Molly Cahill, and this podcast is brought to you by my Marketing Roadmap, which is a five-episode private audio training that's kind of like this podcast, but not exactly because it's not available to the general public when you search on your podcast feed. So the great thing about consuming free content like this for me or on my Instagram or my blogs or whatever is that, yes, you will learn a lot, but you kind of have to go searching for what it is exactly you're looking for. This five episode private podcast is broken down in a logical step-by-step -step order. That's why it's called a roadmap. If you're ready to get started on your Instagram marketing journey, or if you already are started and you just feel like you're kind of like overwhelmed with all of the different free information, this is a super clear roadmap with lots of tangible step-by-step -step action items that will get you from point A to point B for just $27. So all you have to do is head to mollycahill.com slash private training. And based on the reviews I've had so far, I know you won't be disappointed. Hi, I'm Caitlin Ross, a virtual counselor based in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and I love listening to the Holistic Marketing Simplified podcast. All right, Dr. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show. I have a funny story before, after she says hi. <laughs> <laughs> hi, everyone. <laughs> I thought, um, so I had reached out somehow. The algorithm showed me your profile, the wealthy yes. practitioner. You work with chiro women chiropractors mostly. You're this amazing coach. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do we not know each other? I like just DM'd you. Normally I don't do like a cold DM because I'm like, oh, they're going to think I'm trying, you know, but yeah. we just had so many people in common that I was like, okay, surely she'll see, like, I'm not trying to sell her anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, hi. And so we chatted back and forth. We tried to find a podcast, my link, uh, time to book this podcast. My link wasn't working. So Dr. Stephanie says, here, just use my link. And at this point, somehow my brain now thinks that we're just doing like a virtual coffee. <laughs> So I show up to this with like what my sweatshirt on and not my mic plugged in. And I just did a real quick, quick change, added some hoop earrings and a shirt and 
You look now great. We're ready. We're ready to go. That's what it takes to uh, run a business in 2020. Almost four, I think, is you just have to be adaptable, right? <laughs> yeah, you were like, we can. Re-. I was like, nah, we got the time. We've got it blocked off. Like, let's go. Because I'm sure you have to go. Well, how old is your kiddo? Uh, he's two. Oh, okay. So you still have a little one. Yeah, he's little, little, loud, rambunctious, all of the fun things. <laughs> oh gosh, I love it. Into everything. Yeah. 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 So I've already done your more like formal bio introduction, but tell us like how obviously you are a chiropractor and your husband is as well, but how is the wealthy practitioner born? How did this happen? Yeah. So my husband and I are both chiropractors. We own and operate four clinics on the East coast. So we're located in New Jersey And really what happened for us is we always had stuff that we could spitball back and forth. Like, Hey, what about this idea? We should try this for marketing. We need to increase our fees. We need to do this. And like, it just, I think was almost, I don't want to say easier for us, but we just had that companionship and that ability to have a sounding board and run things by somebody who knew what we were doing and what we were talking about. And then the longer we were out of school, I was like, wow, other people don't really have this, you know, especially if their spouse maybe isn't in the same profession, which is really common. They don't really get what it is that you're facing. And so I had some friends really starting to reach out. And then in 2020, when kind of the world went crazy, it really was evident that people were like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. My brick and mortar might close all of, you know, just kind of like spiraling and not really having a game plan. And so that's really when I dove into consulting and I was just doing one-to-one and it was like, okay, as I started to really develop a process and I realized practitioners were coming to me with multiple different scenarios, but they were all kind of similar. And it was like, okay, I'm having a hard time managing my time. I'm having a hard time getting new patients in the door. I'm having a hard time managing entrepreneurship and the rest of my life. Right. And so uh, people were coming in and just having these similar problems. And so over the years, I just kind of gathered that intel, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, some of that market research. And I was like, okay, how can I put together programs that can impact more people and uh, just kind of be a roadmap for others to build these seven figure health and wellness practices. So that's how the wealthy practitioner was born is because I'm a big fan. You'll hear me talk a lot about like abundance and manifesting and all of this. So I want other people to be able to tap into that wealth that they possess and whatever wealth is to you. uh, Maybe we have similar uh, ideas of what wealth is and maybe we have different ideas, but whatever it means to you, I want more practitioners, specifically parents, um, specifically women who are building these businesses to know that they really can have it all. And so I was like, I just want to create a platform that really eludes that message and helps get my message out there essentially. I have 57 follow-up questions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like looking around. I was like, wait, where did my pen? My daughter stole everything off my desk. She was, um, sick one day last week. She really wasn't sick. She was just having girl drama with one of her friends and I think she didn't want to go to school. But she set up this whole desk like right next to mine. So I'm like, she stole all my stuff. That's Um, so cute. Okay. So the first question I want to ask is like a very obvious, not so deep question, but it's kind of something, again, you and I were chatting about. And it's, you said you started off with one-to-one. How did you even go about getting clients when you first became like, oh, I'm going to do coaching, consulting, Yes. So I originally was an independent contractor for another coaching company. And so I was exposed to a lot of different people during that. And, um, but I really just promoted myself, you know, on Instagram. (laughs) So if anybody needs to know how to do that, they can ask you, right? I did not tell her to say that. (laughs) Um, but really just throwing stuff on my stories and then taking the few case studies that I had to start within the first couple months and being like, wow, here's what is possible if you have the right mentorship and somebody who understands your business model, you can really have amazing results in, you know, 90 days. And so that's really, it was kind of like a grassroots effort. Like, yes, I was meeting people through this other company, but also it was like, well, I had an idea of who I really wanted to work with. So it was like, what is the languaging that I can use that's going to get across to them? Like, I know what their pain points are. I know that they're strapped for time. I know that they're wondering, is it going to be this hard forever, you know, or is like, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? And what is my strategy to get there? And so I really just started picking some of that apart. And then more people started reaching out and following along and it kind of just grew from there. Yeah. I would say that's almost identical to how mine was grown. Obviously like, like my background was in sales and marketing. So, but it was very 
I think one of the biggest things I teach, and I'd love to hear your take on this because people are probably sick of hearing it from me, is <laughs> one of the biggest things I teach is people get on social media or they get online with their blog or their, you know, whatever, any type of marketing, right? And they think it's like this passive thing where they put out this thing and all these people are going to come. And yes, there is a part of like kind of manifest, like, I love that you said that because I'm also mm -hmm. very woo-woo, but so much about social media marketing and like social networking, like not much changes. Like it's still that mm -hmm. relationship building, networking, mm -hmm. DMing. Like I DM'd you randomly. Like, <laughs> right. we need to know each, like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like this is too, I don't know. I don't know if you want to speak on that. Any. Yeah. Um, well, I think, um, for any business, whether it's online or you have a local brick and mortar, right? I think one of the things that I try to get across and like my teaching is, you have to meet people. And so whether it's a cold DM and it's like, if you go about it the right way, like I didn't even view that as a cold DM. I was like, Oh, Hey girl, what's up? You know, <laughs> how do we not know each other? But I think there's this fear of rejection and there's this fear of like perception yeah. and judgment and so many other things. And it's like, just put yourself out there and see what happens. And so when you're building a business, sure, you have to put yourself out there over and over again, but I think we just like stay in our little boxes and we're like, Hey, sure. People will find me. People can't find you if they don't know who you are. And so it doesn't matter what kind of business you're building. I totally am a fan of that. Like get out and meet people, shake hands, go to coffee, whether it's virtual, whether it's at your local coffee shop, the more people that know who you are, the better your business is going to do. Yeah. And we also talked about this before we hit record as well talking about the whole boom of like one to many versus one to one. And yes, one to many is more scalable. It is more, I hate the word passive because there's nothing passive about it, but <laughs> like, right. When I get a client in the Instagram management agency, my profit margin is way different than when totally. someone enrolls in the holistic marketing hub. Like that's what I mean by like more quote passive, yep. but without that one to one, how would I know what to put in the hub? Totally. Yeah. And that, that was boatloads of market research. <laughs> right. And that was the thing is, you know, doing it for, you know, almost four years now, I'm like, okay, I know the top 10 problems that most practitioners face. Right. And they're the same. It doesn't matter where you're located. It doesn't matter what technique you practice. Um, a lot of them also struggle with social media or marketing in general. Right. And so it's like, okay, if we can devise a plan for that, that's helpful. And then how, how do they put themselves out there? What's their unique marketing message? What uh, is their unique selling point? But so often they just, I think, have a fear of being seen a little bit. But yeah. that that one-to-one, -one, even the work we do within our clinics, you know, that one-to-one -one is what really helps shift your message so that you can get lots of eyeballs on you and your business. Yeah. I've met with several chiropractors specifically over the years who have started um, like I actually can think of one off the top of my head. She just started, no, two, who just got their functional medicine certification. Like, and we're going to start a brand new Instagram. And we're going to do, I'm like, wait, 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 why are we starting a brand new Instagram? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I get, Adam, not always say, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. Like, I know it's weird with licensing and like being a chiropractor and then saying you're like, mm -hmm. that part I can't speak to. From a marketing standpoint, I'm like, these are all your warmest leads Please. who trust you and know you. So I don't know if that's kind of how, like when you said you used Instagram, was it just like a personal page? You no, it was. Had? Yeah. 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 It was originally a personal page. And it's funny how my consulting has morphed over the years. Like when I first started, I was like, I'm going to consult any small business owner that's female. Mm -hmm. Cool. You know how hard it is to market that message <laughs> when you can consult <laughs> yeah. any business owner in the U S and I, I quickly realized like, Ooh, and then I realized startups who haven't even left their W2 position yet and want to start a business, I'm probably not the best coach for them because I'm kind of an all or nothing personality. Like you want to go full throttle. I'm your girl. I will help you do it. And we will get super hype and I will be your number one cheerleader. But if you're just dabbling with starting a business, like don't waste my time in a sense, like just because, you know, mm -hmm. our, our, like we talked about earlier, like if you're going to go into a business, you have to be ready to go. You have to be ready to attack all the different hurdles and obstacles that are going to get brought up. Um, but just being so general in the beginning, I was using my personal social media to do that. And I was like, cool, I can help you do this and that. And guess what? I got clients doing everything under the sun. Like I, I now have really honed in on practitioners and I still have some clients that, uh, like I coach other consultants and I have like a couple stylists and things like that all in the service-based industry though. Like if okay. you own a service-based industry, I can help you. However, 
in the beginning, I wasn't that clear. And so I had clients that were selling products online and I was like, cool, I can do this business as business. And then I quickly realized I did not want to do that. Um, cause you run into me. I've done the same. It's hard. It's a different thing. But like, we wouldn't know had we not started no. working with everybody one-to-one and was like, cool, I actually don't want to do this or this isn't where my genius comes through. Right. My genius really comes through over here on this. And so, um, but I originally, to, to your point, I originally used my personal Instagram, which was nice because my personal Instagram had a wide variety of following from like people from my hometown. So I also am originally from the Midwest, moved to the East coast, people from college, people from chiropractic school, mm-hmm. uh, patients, like some of my patients follow me. Right. And they were starting businesses and they were like, Oh my gosh, who better than Dr. Steph to, to help me with this. And so my first group coaching offer ever was a smaller group of women who own small businesses. And so that was so difficult, but it taught me so much about what I was really good at. Um, and it also taught me like, okay, I want to niche down just a little bit more to service-based, need to be at this kind of revenue level and have these goals that I'm really good at helping you achieve. So yeah, we have such similar stories in so many ways. Um, yeah, I used to have like a hairstylist and a realtor and a. <laughs> I found with marketing, like, yeah, the principles of marketing are the same no matter what, you know, mm-hmm. especially with, like you said, in your service base, but it was also like, I couldn't charge enough to make it make sense to be creating all of this brand new bespoke content for totally. all of these different fields. And like, yeah. And finally I had a, one of my mentors actually go, she goes, why don't you just niche down to serving like health and wellness professionals? That seems to be where you enjoy it anyway. And I was like, oh. like that seems so scary. Right. Yeah, I was like what? <laughs> and then I had another coach go, why not? Why not even, why not just chiropractic? And so I, I stayed at the, like, I felt comfortable with the health and wellness mm-hmm. um, because y'all all know each other. I've ended up mostly being, chiropractic, <laughs> but, um, but chiropractors are also multi-passionate when it comes to like modalities, right? Like some of you do totally. subconscious work, some, do, some do like you do, you do log of attraction stuff and mm-hmm. functional medicine, like all of this. So I like to kind of dabble in all of it, but, um, Let's go back to, oh, one other thing I was going to say, I also started with my personal Instagram. One of the things I teach people always is even if I'm just getting on a discovery call with them, I'm like, wait, why are we starting a new account? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's funny that you even asked that because I have so many clients that like we talked about before, maybe want to get into consulting or they want to um, diversify and just start selling courses or products. And I'm like, cool, don't do that until you have enough interest on your personal page, because it is so much work for somebody to go follow you on an entire new page. (laughs) And now as somebody who manages like a personal, the wealthy practitioner or circle of life, Cairo, like our business page, I'm like, this is exhausting, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's okay. And now that I have the podcast, I feel much better about having the wealthy practitioner page. But in the, in the beginning, like the reason I even brought it up too, is like, there was so much information just about business. Um, and now it's been easier to tailor the content when I'm like, cool, now I have a podcast, but also now we're talking about getting new patients in the door. Now we're talking about like the fact that I don't want any of you charging $39 for an initial exam, no matter what your Facebook ads company says, like, you know, and so but I can have all of that content in one place that doesn't have to be on my personal social. But yeah, I think it makes the most sense just starting out to really use the following you already have. Right. Yeah. And tap, just tapping into that warm network. My very first client was, um, my college roommates, sisters, friends, <laughs> colleagues, doctor, I'm not kidding you. I'm like, talk about <laughs> like the, like, you know, and if I hadn't put it on my personal page, you know, and who are the people who are cheering you on? Right. Like, oh, good for you, girl. Um, so yeah, anyway, so let's, I wanted to tip, not really pivot, but a little bit is talking about niche. Um, I go back and forth. I don't teach a lot about niche and down. I do some, I would say in like the very first classroom, um, of the holistic marketing hub, but I think there's, there's kind of two schools of thought. There's like, you need to pick your niche right away, or you can kind of figure it out as you go. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have clients struggling with this, how do you usually talk them through that? I've gotten chiropractors that are like, well, you know, we're family. We can see anybody in our community. As long as they, you know, can drive to our office, they're a fit for our clinic. Yes, totally. So my point of view on that is sure. We can serve anybody, but should we serve everybody? Usually the answer is no, but also I think it's really confusing from like a marketing perspective. And so people have asked us because we are a pediatric prenatal 
they're, they'll be like, can you see my dad? Can you see my brother? And we're like, yeah, of course. And they're like, oh, okay. I think that's when you've really done a good job of communicating your niche when they don't even know that you see men because you're so peed prenatal focused. Right. And then it's like, yeah, we will see them, but you're not going to catch them on our Instagram maybe once a year because we're going to say, Hey, just so you know, we do see men, maybe our annual public service announcement. But other than that, it's like women, children, pregnancy, postpartum, preconception, all of that. Um, I do think that you're able to accelerate your growth if you niche down because nobody goes to your page and is just wondering like, what could they see me? Could they not? If they go to your page and they're like, oh my gosh, they're speaking right to me that they can help me. They know what my problems are. That's what I believe is going to grow your clinic much faster. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm a big fan of niching down. However, I think, I think like you said, um, so like our situations with consulting, maybe like the niches found us, right. We just kind mm-hmm. of, we were like, Hey, we're really good at this. We like this. And then it just so happened. Most of our business started going in a further niche direction. Like we were both sharing, we have a lot of peed prenatal chiropractors that we work with, right? Like that's almost <laughs> as niche yeah. down yeah. as you can get. Yeah. But I think probably for both of us who like operate on weightless businesses, that just goes to show the more niche we got, the more higher in demand we were, right? Well, yeah, because people come to my Instagram profile, they're like, oh, this is for me, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And I think the one thing that scares some people about niching is they might feel like trapped. And I'm like, no, I've actually started to be honest, and this isn't knocking functional medicine. This isn't, I'm not passionate about functional medicine anymore. Like I used to be, I'm more into energetics. Now I'm more into like subconscious healing. And I've started shifting that a little, just all it took was me like shifting that in my energy. And literally the next day I got someone who cold DM'd me was like, Hey, would you want to come teach in my um, class? I work with life coaches who I'm like, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes I think we have to embody it ourselves yeah. and then we naturally attract it. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. don't, if you're functional medicine, you're listening to this. It's not that I don't love it. It's just, I feel like that's the next iteration of health. Sometimes it's like mm-hmm. we leave allopathic care and we kind of come to functional medicine. And then we're kind of like, well, there's another layer and it's mm-hmm. in between my ears. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have to, I have to fix things. Yeah. In my head first. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no supplement that's going to help me with this. Like uh-huh. I, need to, I need to do the deep work to fix this thing. So yeah. And then like when you, when you're passionate about that particular topic, then you get to do a better job for your, your patients or your clients or whatever. Totally. Yeah. You can just go so much deeper too. Right. Which is like, where true healing happens, like the deeper you go, not just superficial. And so I think if you can find, and maybe I think sometimes too, I get practitioners that just don't know what they're passionate about yet. And so sure, start super general, take anybody and everybody, but you should constantly be asking yourself the people on my schedule, do they light me up or do they drain my energy? Mm -hmm. And if they light you up, I would look at who's lighting you up the most. And then you probably have a niche within that. And maybe it's not peds prenatal, but maybe it's like shoulder injuries or maybe it's, you know, preconception. Like I have some clients that only work with fertility patients because Mm -hmm. that's that's where they get the most lit up. And it's like, great. I think that you'll constantly reflect and look back and see like, okay, which clients are giving me energy. And then you've likely found your niche through that. I'll have to tag you in a post. Um, I did. That's like literally that exact exercise. It's more from like a marketing messaging standpoint, but it's like divide everybody into three buckets ruthlessly. Like mm-hmm. one is like, yes, lights me up. And then like two is like, meh, whatever, neutral. And three is like, oh, please cancel. Please cancel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, let's just use the words. Use the exact words of category one from their intake forms. Like use their words in your mark, you know, and then you, you yeah. kind of no. And it's not saying you still won't get some of the two and threes, but I love that it definitely helps you attract, you know, more of these people, but speaking of attract. So let's talk more about like the whole manifesting thing. Let's use a specific example though, if you're okay with that, because what I hear a lot. So part of holistic marketing hub is, um, I've really started gearing it now towards, yes, I do have a lot of solopreneurs. I have some associates who like maybe have some time on their hands and like they're, you know, want to learn how to do this for themselves. Mm -hmm. But I also have a lot of bigger clinics who were like, um, outsourcing this to their CA or whatever. I just can't find a good CA. I can't find any good help. I just keep having all of this turnover. I think you, I don't want to steer you what I want you to say, but I think that you couldn't, you can use law of attraction when attracting good help. 
Totally. And I have, um, so just for like specific examples, I manifested my clinic director. She's been with me for five years. She uh, is a chiropractor, uh, but she started out as a regular associate and like grew with the company to become a clinic director. And so she handles majority of our patient care. And two weeks before she sent me a cold email, um, I had this like inner knowing that I needed to post on my website. And I was like, there's no way I wasn't at capacity. By no means was I like busting at the seams and with my own volume that I needed to bring on somebody else to help me. And I think that's also the misconception within chiropractic that like, if you could see more people yourself, don't hire anybody. I think that's just a scarcity driven mentality. Um, but I just knew that I, I had some other goals that I wanted to achieve. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put this little tab on my website that says join our team. And at any point, whether you're a CA, uh, back then I used to have massage therapists. I don't anymore. So it was like, if you wanted to be a CA, a massage therapist or an associate, you could apply. And I, it was like a Friday night and right. I'm working on the business. And so I email my web developer and I'm like, Hey, here's the tab that I want added. I kid you not two weeks after that being finalized, she applied on my website and I got my email and I was like, what? And not only that, like all of my doctors that work with me are CACCP certified through the ICPA. So what are the chances that I'm not even really in a position to where I have to, or I'm not even sure I want to, this, I'm just listening to my inner voice on a Friday night. I had no plan. I just put it, she applies, CACCP certified is moving to my areas like, oh my gosh, Dr. Steph, I went to your website. It's a breath of fresh air. I'm sick of being in this pain-based model that I work in up North. She was working in New York and she was like, I, can we just meet for coffee? And so like, we even laugh now, especially cause she'll listen to my podcast and um, I'm like walking through, like, here's how you should hire. Here's some interview questions, that sort of thing. And she listened to that podcast and she texted me and she was like, just so you know, you didn't do any of that. And I was like, I know I was not prepared <laughs> for your interview. Nothing that I did with you went right. But like, it was the universe just brought us together. Yeah. We were meant to be together, you know? And so it's like, I definitely think I manifested her not even really meaning to. Uh, but since then, like complete opposite, we were looking to replace a CA since June. And now it's December. I just hired somebody. My office manager was like putting the ad out, doing interviews. I'd come in and do the final interview. We'd have somebody start. They'd be there a week. Then it was like not a good fit. And it was just like, this jumbled mess. And I, I do think hiring right now is a little tricky, but I finally was like, it's me. I'm the problem. I'm not sitting down and getting crystal clear about the type of person that I want to hire. And so I have to manifest this person. My office manager cannot do it for me. Um, she's looking for specific things that I've always been the one to find the good hires because I think I put my little like magic dust in there about who I want, you know? And so I put it down and I was like, you know what? Okay. I'll take back over all of the applications indeed. And we just hired somebody And here's, okay. Here's crazy too. Like, cause you're into the woo. She's an artist. And so during her interview process, she said to me, she was like, art is my passion. I don't want to become an entrepreneur. I don't want to monetize art because I think it'll lose my passion. And I was like, I love that self-reflection that you're even that self-aware to know yeah. you don't want to be an entrepreneur because she's younger. Um, and so we went through the interview process. I offered her the job she accepted. And then literally after we like completed her onboarding, she was like, I just have to send you this. She sends me a picture. She had been working on this beautiful piece of art that was a spine, like so intricate and detailed. And I was like, what are the chances that for two months you've been painting a spine and now you're working for a chiropractor? She was like, oh. I don't know if I'm, she's like, I don't know if I manifested you or you manifested me. And I was like, I think it was both. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but like, that's why I couldn't find anybody. Like I was waiting for her. Right. And so I just got chills. It's crazy. And I was like, can I buy this? And she was like, honestly, I don't know that I can part with it. It took me so long. And I'm like, I understand. But if you ever sell it, you have to sell it to me, please. Yes, I just got chills. Um, so one of my daughter's nannies, um, when we lived in Florida, like we were, I only, I was like, I need to find somebody. And again, same story. I know we don't have much time, but she literally came in. She's like, yeah, I'm about to graduate. And then I'm going to chiropractic school. I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> do you know what to do for a living? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the opportunities are out there and like the synchronicities if we just look for them. But sometimes with business, I feel like we try to remove any of the magical side that can come with it or any of that woo. We're like, no, it's numbers, it's stats, it's logic. And it's like, well, if you want to have a quantum leap or you want to truly have this crazy amount of growth, like you have to be willing to kind of step into the unknown. Oh, I love it. You said having it all. That's kind of like your whole, like the wealthy practitioner MO. Mm -hmm. See, let's, what is your version of having it all? What does that mean? Having it all means spending my time how I want 
being able to have the financial resources to do, be, or have anything that I want. So whether that's experiences, whether it's my dream car, whether it's um, making a hire for my team that maybe is a really good hire, but comes with a big investment, having the mentors that I want, right? I want to have the financial resources to do all of that. And I want to have loving relationships in my life. And so for me, uh, growing up, not necessarily by my family, but I just think society as a whole was like, you could be a mother or you could be a badass businesswoman. You can be a supportive wife or you can own your own business. And I just really believe in breaking that entire narrative. I really want both. And so for me, it's been like, how can I have it all without sacrificing my values and by still being able to make a big impact? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So it's funny you say the thing about having it all, like you don't want to be like the this or that or that or that. And it... I, I need to hear this. I'm kind of like, okay, I was about to say therapize. Is that a word? Therapy. Take me to church. Dr. <laughs> I, I honestly, so I was in this mastermind not too long ago. And one of the biggest hurdles I saw was women trying to get their businesses off the ground, but not willing to get childcare. Oh girl. And Don't so, get me started on this topic. <laughs> okay. So, well, we might not, we might not agree, but I guess it depends on your baby to like your kid's demeanor mm-hmm. because my kid didn't nap. Like she, I had to hold her. It was contact nap only. If I tried to even dare put her in a crib, oh, like get it. Yeah. Back, um, Personally offended. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Uh, no, um, you're going to be stuck here. Um, So like the whole nap time hustle thing, just to be honest, I don't know if it pisses me off. <laughs> because it's like a trigger because I didn't have that opportunity experience. to do that. Mm-hmm. So like, I probably need to do some self-reflection there. Like, <laughs> why does it make me so angry? But I also like kept beating my head against the wall going like, why on earth do you not have childcare? And I realized that comes from a place of privilege. I don't mean it. But when I first started, we did, I just did a swap with another mom in the neighborhood. Like totally. she'd watch, she was also freelance. So it worked out great. So like she'd watch the kids for four hours. I'd watch the kids for four hours. Mm-hmm. So I think there are creative ways to make it work, but well, anyway, okay. exactly what you said, like creative ways. And I think that women, and I, I want to say this, so it's not offensive, but I think <laughs> there are women that toe the line with allowing their children to be an excuse rather than their motivator. And so my son, either not a good sleeper first three months, I was like, what did I get myself into with this? Yeah. Like, He's just screaming his head off 24 seven, you know, breastfeeding around the clock, all these things. Right. And so, yeah, I probably really wasn't that focused on my businesses three months postpartum, but after, you know, you kind of get the hang of it. And like now there, there's so many moving parts to life. And I think for me, he's one of my biggest motivators. And so instead of being like, I can't do that because I have a kid, it's like, I'm going to figure out how to do this because I have a kid. And um, I think that's a huge distinguishing factor. And similar to you, like where there's a will, there's a way you will figure it out. There was a lot of days, even when he was six, seven, eight months that I was waking up super early. That's not the right fit for everybody, but that's when my brain would work the best. So I knew if my brain was mush by noon, I better work at five o'clock in the morning. Right. And I do think, and here's the thing, People think having it all is easy. It is not easy. It requires strategy. It requires paying people to help me have it all. Like by no means do I ever want to come across like, yeah, I just have a clean house and home cooked meals and my child's well taken care of and these businesses that make a lot of money. It's like, no, guess what? I have a nanny. I have a very, very supportive spouse. I don't think that everybody is in that scenario. I feel like that's a huge privilege to have a supportive spouse, but like we have this life vision that we're working towards together and he plays a crucial role in that. And so when, Hey, I I need to do things, he's making dinner, you know, um, or he, he does drop off because a lot of my meetings start right at like eight 30 or nine o'clock in the morning. So it's like, great. You do drop off. I, I take over evenings. And so, you know, I have a house cleaner. I have these things because they're crucial to me being able to work on the businesses. And so I think everybody wants to have it all. Not everybody's willing to do what it takes. Well, yeah. And and that's okay too. Like maybe you don't want I'll never forget. I read this article in a magazine ages ago. It's like, I don't want to lean in. I don't want to, I just want to have a simple life. And I just, I'm like, cool. That's great too. I just don't have, there's been a couple times where I have said to my team, all right, that's it. We're not taking on any more people for the Instagram management agency. Like (laughs) we're, we're full, full capacity. Uh And then someone will inquire and I'm like, Ooh, 
oh. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't. Like, I don't have it in me. Uh huh. I don't have, I don't have it in me to, to not expand and grow. Cause then I feel like I'm like, then you feel more constricted. Right. Oh. And that's how I am. If yeah. I'm not expanding, growing, learning, I feel like I'm dying. And I don't think there's right or wrong. Like there are some people who are like, no, my part, my profit margins popping. I've got my 10 clients and I'm happy. Yes. Like I kind of envy them sometimes. Cause I'm totally, like, totally. Like <laughs> it's funny. Cause me and my little sister couldn't be like more different. She lives in the middle of like nowhere in Kansas. And like, she's like, if I don't have neighbors, that's better. Like she likes, she's a little homebody and me, I live in New Jersey. Like there's some, like I could throw a rock and hit like 12 neighbors, you know? Um, but it's just so funny because like for her, my life is very stressful. It's very busy. Yeah. It's very moving. And she is that person. She's like, I want to wake up and see my chickens and be with my babies. And she's a, she's a massage therapist. She's like booked out months in advance. She's phenomenal. She's like, I will take my clients. I will provide for my family as well, but I the, sim the simpler my life is, the better. And I can totally respect that. But it also takes a level of self-awareness to where she's like, yeah, I, I might not have some of the experiences you ever have because I'm not willing to, you know, do the things sometimes that it's required. I'd rather have this simple life as long as we're all taken care of. And that's a beautiful thing too. But for me, like I, I personally would feel like I was dying. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it either. I, even when I was in medical sales, I remember telling my husband, I was like, when we, we got transferred from um, Pensacola, Florida to San Diego, it's right when we were getting married. And it's like, there's a chance, there's a small chance that a manager job might come open and I might like interview for it. But I was like, no, I don't want to be a manager. That would suck. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do all that travel. And I was like, no way. Well, then they didn't, basically, they didn't even interview anyone else. And they were like, hey, like this job, like, you know, do you, and I was like, damn it. Yes. <laughs> like, yep. I can't not do it. Like it, it's so, hard to say no. Yeah. 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 So I am working on that because I don't think that's always the right answer either. Totally. I, have a, I had a coach reflect back to me recently. She's like, why do you think you're always getting to this? Oh my gosh, my hair is on fire stage. Like, and then I'll, I'll go crazy and I'll mark my calendly where I'm like, not available. No, yep. And then I get sick. Like I get like a cold for like two weeks. And then I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm reset. And then it like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can 100% relate to that. Like yeah. earlier this month, I told my team, I was like, I'm not committing to anything else. Do not let me take any on any new projects in 2024. And they both just like rolled their eyes at me. Like my husband was here, our executive assistant was here. And he was like, why do you even say that? Like, it's not going to happen. And I'm like, no, I really want you guys. They're like, we physically cannot stop you. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I have my OBM, um, my OBM. Are you Myers-Briggs fan? Um, I, I haven't design. dived super deep into that. I'm okay. more into like human design, Enneagram, disc assessment, that sort of thing. I had a disc person on the, um, podcast. You'll have to go back and listen. Oh yeah, I will. Yeah. I like both because it's like, I don't know with Myers-Briggs anyway, my OBM and I are complete opposites. Like we're like mm -hmm. the exact mirror. And so I call her my mom. I'm like, mom, <laughs> tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm glad we can um, understand that there, but yeah. So like going back to the whole, like quote, having it all, if you were to give someone a tip for like, Oh, well that sounds like how I want my life to be. Like I, right now I'm barely surviving. I've got my clinic and my kid and I'm trying to, you mm -hmm. know, we're getting takeout every night. Like mm -hmm. I think sometimes you get so far down in that doing it all. Yeah. Yeah. The hamster wheel that you can't see and exit. Yeah. Cause you're so tired physically and emotionally. You're like, I don't even have the brain power to think about hopping off the wheel. <laughs> totally. Um, well one, two, what you mentioned and like, to your point, I also just want to be clear that like each of our versions, even of having it all look different. Right. So yeah, I some have of woken the up at 5am and <laughs> right. Hey, so, so some of, some of the work that I do with clients too, like even just thinking of one client, she, she was on the hamster wheel and they were growing this clinic and they have two locations and all this. She was like, but I really just want a homestead. I want to homeschool my kids. And I'm like, that's great. If that's what your dream life looks like, like let's create that. Stop doing all this other stuff. That's not getting you closer to that goal then. Cause you're just like doing what you think you should, but it's not getting you to where you actually 
want to be. And so I think that it's really important to have people like that in our life that could be like, is this what you really want? And even when I have clients and they're like, cool, I want to do consulting. I'm like, are you doing consulting because I make consulting look fun and you want to do it? Or are you doing consulting because you're actually truly passionate about it? Because there's a difference. It's work. It's building from the ground up all over again. It's not easy, you know? And so it's like, we have to be very careful. I think in the the day of social media to not just see things online and be like, okay, I I want that unless it's truly what you want to work towards. Because it's also when you're building a dream, that's not yours. Everything feels harder. And so it's like, you have to make sure you're building your own dream, but whatever that having it all looks like to you, one of the, the best things that I think can help you get there and figure it out is by literally cutting your hours of patient care or servicing clients, whatever it is that you do so that you have time to work on the business instead of in the business. And that's not like, okay, I'm going to take off an evening and be at home and try and get things done. Because as moms, we both know that doesn't happen. Like if my son's around, I'm not getting any work done. And so, um, I think that, you know, it's very much during the week, during normal office hours, close a three or four hour shift and just work on the business. So you can find, Um, maybe the bottlenecks in the business that you need to fix. Maybe you can really focus on manifesting that next hire, whatever it is. But so often people aren't feeling like they're working towards their dream scenario because they don't have any time to actually work on it. They're just so busy doing. Yeah. That's couldn't be further from the truth. That's why like, I only have usually calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays because it's like my calendar was getting full of calls. And I was like, well, when do I have time to work? Because then I'm, you know, then you're toast. Like even if you're an extrovert, you're like, your brain's just... Oh, totally. And I'm a projector. I don't know how much you know about human design, but so like I have a battery life and um, I try and keep up with all these manifesting generators and generators because your guys' energy is just like endless. Um, But I I have a battery life. And when that is gone, I really have to be able to decompress And, and similar to you my calendar is stacked right now. And that's like why I'm telling my team, don't let me take on anything new because I really have no, not a lot of wiggle room, even for us to record part two of this, you know, like I'm like, Oh my gosh, I really don't have as much time as I wish that I had. So that's something that I'm trying to figure out too. Like how can I maintain, but maybe not be so committed to so many things because I also say yes to a lot of opportunities, but getting really crystal clear and practicing that discernment on the things that I really should say yes to. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of want to switch gears to a little more tactical before we hop off. And it's about, you said there's like way back in the beginning of the episode, you said there's like 10 issues mostly that you kind of see every practice owner has in common, whether they, no matter what technique, whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, obviously we don't have time to go over all 10 issues, but if you were to pick like one or two and how you typically like coach people through that, because I like this podcast to be very tangible and not just like totally around issues. I don't know put you on the spot, but yeah, no. Um, so I think that, um, every single person I talk to, whether they're doing, you know, $2,000 a month or $60,000 a month, they're like, I want more new patients. Great. We can come up with marketing strategies to do that. We can get you networking. Like we talked about earlier, go meet more people, get involved in your community, hire a social media company to get you in front of more eyes, whatever it takes. But also where's your retention at? Because what if you've never lost a client before? How can you focus on Mm. retention and keeping them so that you don't have this brand new slate every month where you're starting over? And with a lot of the companies that I work with that are already at the million dollars, their retention is so insanely good. They've really perfected their systems. They have a great team on board. And so I think, um, I think that the low hanging fruit is like, well, I just need more new people. Sure you do, but you're also missing a huge aspect of your business on the retention side. Um, So much cheaper. (laughs) It's so much cheaper. Yeah. I think there's like stats out there say it's like seven to 10 times more expensive to acquire a new new patient, new client, whatever it is compared to just keeping one. Um, And so that's a lot of the effort that I, I do with clients too. It's like, Hey, let's look at your systems. Let's look at your retention. Are you celebrating any of your people that are already invested with you that, you know, are, have committed to you being their practitioner? What are you doing for those people? Because I know we're doing all these other things to try and get new people, but let's take care of the people you already have. What are some ideas for things people can do to help their retention? Uh, So, well, last night we just hosted our VIP Christmas party. So it is a huge party. I've spent $10,000. I run out the whole restaurant. They get really fancy drinks. Everybody gets dressed up. We invite our top patients. Um, It's so much fun. And people are like, feel so blessed because we send them a fancy invite in the mail. So it's like a legit party they get invited to. They love it every year. And, um, and so that's just us taking care of them. We raffle off different things, different prizes for them. 
just really spoil them. And we do that once a year. That's like our biggest probably retention thinking our VIPers. Um, but then also we, we do a lot of gifting. I, I love gifting. It really mm -hmm. makes me happy. And so we do a lot of gifting. We also are celebrating them. You know, we're, we're forging those deeper connections and then we're just making sure that our staff is accommodating as they possibly can be. Um, so that it's as easy as possible to remain a patient. Yeah, absolutely. That how many people do you invite to this party? A hundred. That's what I love that idea. Yeah. So when you say your top patients, it's basically, I guess, like people who've had like the most visits. Well, it, it's not even that. It's just people that really get what we do. They tell their family and uh, friends about Okay. This. Okay. So like for a while, I only invited patients that had been with the clinic for so long. But then I realized I was like all these new patients that we are getting that were becoming raving fans that we truly loved. And so this year yeah. we invited more of our newer patients. Um, so th this last night, it was like a lot of their first time invited to the VIP Christmas party and they were just raving about it. They were so stoked. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just people that really get it. They tell people, they show us out on social they're yes. they're in the facebook groups posting about us you know what whatever it is like it doesn't mean they have to have the like highest pva to get invited but it's definitely like they've been around they love us and they're huge influencers for us too so that's actually if you go back a couple episodes ago i did like how to increase engagement that's one of my top tips for increasing engagement it has nothing to do with any instagram strategy i'm like mm -hmm. pick some patient ambassadors people are like how do i do that i'm like it's not a formal letter literally just go <laughs> hey Stephanie, would you mind today after you leave, would you like, first of all, could you go comment on a couple of our Instagram posts and then could you maybe put it on your, yeah, sure. Like yep. that, yep. I would totally, I do it all the time for my, per, well, yeah, that's a whole other story, but yes. Um, and <laughs> yeah. like you said, the Facebook groups, like the local moms being a military spouse, I can tell you, like, I know there's a lot of people who are listening who've probably like always been in the same hometown or whatever, but like for me moving a lot the local mom's Facebook groups. I hate Facebook. I don't open mm -hmm. Facebook for anything mm -hmm. except for that. Mm -hmm. That's how I find everything hair, yep. you know, cleaning person, chiropractor, whatever is through the local mom's Facebook. Yep. Group. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's where they're at. And so it's just fun too. And people, because there's not enough people that do it. Like, that's what I tell my team. I'm like, you guys, I want to be the happiest, most positive place that celebrates these people. Cause they might not be getting celebrated elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I could tell you like the providers I go to, like my, my hairstylist, who's also a coaching client, <laughs> yeah. but she, she's got it on lock. She celebrates us. She brings us gifts. She does all this stuff. Cause I'm like, there's nobody really going above and beyond. Mm -hmm. You know how easy it is to stand out from a crowd. If you just put a little bit more effort into the people that you're serving. Oh, that's so true. That is so true. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we talked about retention to only about five minutes left. Let's do one more, one more, like, um, so problems issue. people face, um, they also do not track their stats. It's painfully obvious when I get on a call and you're like, Steph, everything's on fire. I don't know what to do. We lost a person we're hiring. We don't know who we can afford to hire. And like, I know every stat, like if you were to ask me something, like I could tell you off the top of my head, because that's how often I look at my spreadsheets and my numbers and things like that, because that's truly how I feel you have the best pulse on your business. And so my first thing is, you know, just as an example, it's like, okay, well, what's your OVA? What's your PVA? What's your overhead? Um, how many office visits are you at this week? Why are you, what, what is your new patients doing? Why are they down? And it's like, if you could tell me all that data, we're going to fix your problem right away. But so many people don't know their data in order to find the problem. What's the best way? Like if you were to pick like five stats and you're like, just start here. Um, well, I would say you have to know your overhead on like okay. your average, but also your outliers too. Cause like some months, you know, we're paying our malpractice. And so it's a little bit higher that month. Um, but you should have your average in your head so that you know what you have to meet in order to break even. Right. Uh -huh. Um, but then your OVA, your PVA, your new patient, your collections, and then also just knowing your trends from months to months, because I think as new, newer business owners, it's easy to be like, have a lower month and think that everything's falling apart when in reality, like every business ebbs and flows. And so if you can look at those trends year after year, month after month and get a feel for that, you then start to plan different marketing strategies for the months that are a little bit slower, or you plan some time off during that month. It just gives you a better sense of balance within the business and a better sense of stability. So if you're not a brick and mortar clinic and you're just like an online business, like what would that translate to? You said, I don't even know. I've, I know what PVA is. I don't know what the O one is though. Uh, office visit average. So like oh, what you're making per okay. person. So like it would basically be like your KPIs, right? Like yeah. what is your average order yeah. that you're getting? Um, average service that people are doing. Um, 
and then just like your costs too. And like, so for like online businesses, working with coaches, a lot of them that do live launches, it's like, what's your runway that you need in order to get that live launch? And how long are you live launching and things like that, right? It's st- similar to knowing those statistics too. Well, yeah, we talked about the like whole one to 5% conversion for um, online products. Versus, and yep. it's like, I know that if I have, let's say a thousand people on my email list, I know I'm going to make, you know, this many sales. Totally, yep. To, whereas- yeah. So it's like, how do I get to, okay, how do I get to 10,000? Cause here's my revenue goal. How many people do I need on my email list to hit that goal? <laughs> well, exactly. And that's what I said to a client yesterday. I said, here is your, you know, cause it was really like, they're like, can we hire two people or one person? We really feel like we're drowning. We need more help. And I said, okay, well, here's the deal. Here's your break-even point. You get to decide if you're at this volume, are you ready to grow and really stabilize the business? Or are you feeling like you're operating on too slim of profit margins that you really need to just only hire one person mm-hmm. at a time? But it's like, let's make those decisions based on data, not on how we feel that day or what what we think about when we wake up. It's like, let's look at the numbers and make accurate decisions. Yeah. I wouldn't say data is always my strong suit, but that's why I have Carolyn, my OBM. So <laughs> if you're not well, good at it, that sounds overwhelming. Yeah, hire somebody you. for it. Hire yeah. It. Yeah. My bookkeeper keeps track of everything else. And yeah. Yep. All right. So Dr. Steph, how do people find you? Yeah. So I am the wealthy practitioner, um, on Instagram. We have a podcast as well that releases every Tuesday where I try to share other things that my husband and I are doing within our clinics. And then we have, um, a mastermind and we have another coaching program for some of those startups that are trying to build to that 20 to 30 K a month. Um, but most of my stuff's posted on Instagram. And so I'm always doing fun things over there and letting you know, you can enroll in those programs at any time. And I just love to be connected to other people who are building cool stuff. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Your Instagram is really good. Thank um, you. And we'll make sure it's linked in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to holistic marketing simplified. This podcast is brought to you by my marketing roadmap, which is a five episode private audio training. That's kind of like this podcast, but not exactly because it's not available to the general public when you search on your podcast feed. So the great thing about consuming free content like this for me or on my Instagram or my blogs or whatever is that, yes, you will learn a lot, but you kind of have to go searching for what it is exactly you're looking for. This five episode private podcast is broken down in a logical step-by-step order. That's why it's called a roadmap. So If you're ready to get started on your Instagram marketing journey, or if you already are started and you just feel like you're kind of like overwhelmed with all of the different free information, this is a super clear roadmap with lots of tangible step-by-step action items that will get you from point A to point B for just $27. So all you have to do is head to mollycahill.com slash private training. And based on the reviews I've had so far, I know you won't be disappointed. I'm really proud of this training. And I know personally, I've bought 27, 37, $17 products before and felt like I really didn't get that much out of it. I guarantee you, you will learn something from this five episode private audio feed. So again, it's just mollycahill.com slash private training. And it'll also be linked below in the show notes. I cannot wait to hear what you think. And hey, you know how every podcaster at the very end of their episode asks you to rate and review their podcast? Well, that's because it's super important. These podcasts take a lot of time and heart and effort to produce to bring you free information. So in order for me to be able to continue doing that, we need more people to find out about the show. So if you could, please just take like two minutes out of your very busy day to leave me a rating and share this on your Instagram stories and tag at Molly A. Cahill. That's C-A-H-I-L-L. I would greatly, greatly appreciate your support. I truly appreciate you so much. I know your time is valuable and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.